Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. They've seen coaches uh, get on them before. It's not a first time. They react well. And again, I'm going to always revert back to when you have high character people, they can handle that. If you have a bunch of um, bad people or turds, they don't. And, uh, and we don't have turds on this team. WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. What time is it? I haven't been a part of a group like this since I was a rookie in the league. Being able to be around this many guys with this much talent, elite players in the front seven, will make my job a lot easier. With WGN's Adam Hogue. And from the athletic, Adam Johns. I'm Larry. This is my brother Daryl. That's my other brother Daryl. Here they are. T minus 10 seconds. The Adams. Yeah, baby. It's on. Hogan Johns. And we don't have turds on this podcast either. Might later after that Shake Shack lunch. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Delicious. That was a nice lunch. Delicious. I got to say. That's gross, too. I could get down with morning (laughs) practices and then a nice lunch. And then coming in for the podcast. See, once we hit the regular season, I get a nice routine. Workouts become part of that. I know. I feel that like place is going to negate all of that. I was thinking about that this morning. Actually, I was thinking about that while we were eating. I need to go to the gym. Bears fifth. It's been a while. <laughs> Shake Shack's my favorite fast food, if you want to call it that. Fast food cheeseburger. All right. Well, this episode of the Hogan Johns podcast <laughs> is brought to you by Shake Shack. <laughs> um, no, it was a good lunch. I'm glad we got that in. Um, Hopefully, it does not result in turds on this podcast, though. <laughs> we don't have turds on this team. I am so happy to have this thing back in front of me. You missed it. I did. Gotta love preseason football. That's right. We do, Chase. When we're in Bourbon A, I, it's just, I could get all this down there, but it's just... You it, like to pack light. It's too much of a hassle. I remember the first year in the beat, you used to pack all sorts of things. Oh, yeah. Dorm room. I'd have a giant suitcase just full of equipment and... It was like, all right, it's either this or my golf yeah, cooler clubs. full of miscellaneous beers. Do I go with the soundboard or the or the golf bag? This isn't that hard. You go with the golf bag. So sorry. Can you fit the soundboard in the golf bag? Um, the, the, my iPad, yes. yes. The, the rest of it to make it all no, work no. Is seamlessly is a is a no. So anyway, I'm happy to have that bag. We are back in the whatever studios we call these. We need a name. Shake Shack Studios. The Shake Shack Studios of my house. Uh, it's good to be back at House Hall. No more 5 a.m. trips down to Bourbon A. I, like I say every year, I like Bourbon A for the amount of time that we're there. And I'm usually ready to go. But it's a good experience. It's good. Uh, it, it's a good camaraderie. It's fun. We have fun. You learn a lot about the team, and then you come back here to House Hall, and uh, you start to dial it back, right? But by right? the third time, you're making that drive down 57. Yeah. <laughs> we'll dial it back. Yeah, we're all pulling back here. Yeah, we're all, we're all uh, dialing it back, and uh, that's part of the conversation today, of course. Conversation. Conversation. Whatever happened to that? Conversation. Conversation. The shortest lived segment of the Hogan Johns <laughs> podcast. Um. Welcome in. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. You can read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears and The Athletic. 
theathletic.com and uh, the Athletic app. You know, I will say about the Athletic, it's become a very convenient way to read up on your preseason opponent. Okay. Which it, <laughs> Thank you. No, I mean... It's got everything, man. La- it would last week instead of... You know, every week uh, during the season, you, you get in the ground. Okay, I know who I have to follow, you know, a couple weeks in advance, start reading up on whoever, you know. So it's the Broncos in week two. Obviously, the Packers are covered. Broncos in week two. You can start, you know, as we get closer to those games. But in the preseason, it's like literally you like day before the game. All right, who do they play tomorrow? You know, because it just doesn't matter as much. Um, but last week I wanted to get at least a couple nuggets in on the, the Panthers before that game. And I went to the athletic and you guys got some good beat. Joe writers. and Jordan got you covered. They I did. was telling someone the other day that here's, here's my plug for for the athletic. And he's like, you know, I'm a fan of the bears. Uh, he had a Dan Marino infatuation growing up. So he likes the dolphins. He likes golden state Warriors. I'm like, dude, like an Ace Ventura, Dan Marino infatuation. Oh, <laughs> Good movie. How many nineties movies references can I make on this podcast? <laughs> it's one. starting to become a thing. That's one. That's one. But I was telling them you could follow all those teams. You don't have to subscribe to the Miami Herald. You don't have to subscribe to, you know, to the San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, again, I support newspapers, but if you want sports coverage of your favorite teams, there it's, you have it. It's a convenience factor. Yes. Yes. The value is off the charts. It really is. Um, so. You should be subscribing to The Athletic. You should also be rating and reviewing this podcast. Absolutely. You know, I met a couple of people in Bourbon. They're like, you know, I just never have rated and reviewed. It's like, well, how many times do I have to ask you? So I made them pull out their phone and do it in front. Come on. You did that to people? I was kind of joking with them. I was like, do it right now. But you did it. Did he do it? Uh, or she? I, I believe so. I mean, he took his phone out and I wasn't going to like, you know. Look over his shoulder. Look over his shoulder. Make, make sure you do it. But Make a comment. Better than that. Yeah. Or was it Dion? Dion Miller. <laughs> this was somebody else. No, this was different. But Dion Miller, I think, You're said the same thing. Pressuring fellow media members into rating and reviewing. She's our like, podcast. I've never done it. And I'm like, well, why not? We've had you on as a guest. This, this will forever be known as the episode where Adam Ho comes out as a bully. Them bullying media members. That's why we have Adam on the sidelines. He knows everything that's he going on. He nailed that one. So, I. Yeah, I don't even know if rating and reviewing even does anything, to be honest with you, but it's what you're supposed to do with podcasts, so I tell you to do it. Should we talk about some Mitch Trubisky? I guess so. Mitchell Trubisky. We, he talked today, so we'll bring you some of that uh, as we record this on Tuesday. Bears back to work at Hallis Hall. Those fields look good today, didn't they? Yeah, the whole facility looks nice. People weren't slipping. The fields were in good shape. Um I'm talking about because there was a there was a decent amount of slipping in Bourbon A. Oh, after it rained it that one day, a, yes. Well, it was a rainy morning. Yeah, yeah, the last day here and there, it wasn't a it wasn't like a problem all the way through camp, but um, you know, yeah. But there was it rained this morning a little. The bit. entire new facility of of Hall is impressive. Good. I can't wait to see it. Yes, we're I mean we're supposedly going to get a tour before the season. Just think starts. when you and I first started covering that team, the media center wasn't even there. No, it was like we, a side back door we walked into. Lovey would do the press conferences in the room that we currently have our cubicles. Yes, in. he would literally be. We'd be sitting in our cubicles, in our chairs, in our cubicles, yeah. and he would be right there next to us. Rex is our quarterback, right there. Rex is our quarterback. Uh, yeah, and and it's it's they've done a phenomenal job. So I'm looking forward to seeing all that and um, a, quite a transformation and quite a difference for the Bears to go from Bourbon A to 
their new digs at House Hall, which looked done. I mean, there weren't there was only a couple of construction trucks around there today, as opposed to the disaster zone it's been for a while now, as they've been doing the renovation. Got, well, they're on the landscaping. Got got to park a little closer today. That was nice too. That is true. Players are back in their own lot. They are. A um, little bit of news today. I guess we could start with that. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but Emmanuel Hall was waived um, before practice. Yeah, interesting timing. It was interesting timing. Uh, I'm not terribly surprised at the outcome of this whole thing. Emmanuel Hall came in with injury concerns. I think you and I jumped on, and, and probably me a little bit more than you, but uh, jumped on the excitement of, not excitement, but possibility of him being a piece to yeah. the puzzle. He was very productive. He was good at Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. Uh, went undrafted, but there was also some question marks about that. And um, who did we talk to on this podcast about that? We talked to somebody. Kevin Fishbane, maybe? He's right. been, he was high on him. We had a guest on after the, the Fishman? No, it was uh, Dane Brugler. That's right. Yeah, Dane from the Athletic was on after the draft, right? And he he brought up some concerns about Emmanuel Hall at Mizzou, and basically my philosophy was I was going to give this guy a chance if he could show that he's healthy, and then he got hurt in rookie minicamp, and then in Bourbonnet, so he missed everything the rest of the offseason. Bourbonnet, he's like kind of practicing, kind of not practicing. One day is practicing, same story, not practicing well. No, and and that was the other thing. I don't I don't remember him flashing once, not a single time in any of the practices he was in. The timing's still interesting to me, though. Off and off day, no corresponding move. That's the thing that got me. That usually coming off an off day, it's not uncommon to cut guys early and bring somebody else in. Um, and Nagy referenced that it's a numbers move. They do have a ton of wide receivers, but then you would think they would add someone else on the roster, and I'm sure they will. But the fact that there wasn't a corresponding move. This morning, you would think you'd... Usually for... Uh, coming off an off day, yes, y- you would make a move, and you'd have another guy in practice. Yes, yes. And look, it's a minor move. Let's not... People are... There's a hype train for this kid. Sure. He's good in college. But you know what? He, he was a long shot anyway, and it's a minor move that only looks curious because there's nothing corresponding with it. Yeah, and right. The timing, and we knew about his issues before. Maybe it was just that. Who knows, but... It raised the antenna just a little bit. Not that antenna, but, you know, the reporter antenna. Yeah. He was outside House Hall for a while. Nothing like Jeremiah Ratliff a few years ago, but he was in his car outside House <laughs> yeah. Hall for a while. He wasn't being escorted. Out no, he was not. He was not. I think he was just waiting for a few things from his locker, but no. he, he was outside House for a while. So uh, just an interesting move, and, uh, you know, it doesn't really hurt you to take a flyer on a guy like that after the draft. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, I was a little... I, I, I was kind of expecting it to be the waved injured, and then you revert them to the IR, and then you develop them for a year. Um, so the fact that it just came out waved. Gone. Was, yep. was all, but whatever. So uh, Manuel Hall didn't work out, and uh, the Bears move on. They have plenty of depth at wide receiver. And by the way, Anthony Miller, which that happened after the game, right? Since our last podcast, he got hurt the other day. Yeah, the first back or the first practice yeah. back in Bourbonnet after the Panthers game. But it looks like they dodged a bullet on that one. Yes, he was out there goofing around. They're calling it a sprained ankle, but yeah. no walking boot out there amongst his teammates. Yeah, almost tackled Eddie Jackson at one point. Um, joking t- around today in practice. Yes, they're joking did, around. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was an actual there was an actual, tackle. Yes, yes. 
uh, more than a tackle. I would call that a legitimate training camp fight, what happened today. Oh, yeah. There were punches yeah. thrown. Yeah. Several. Um, and this has all been taught because these practices are now closed to the public, so we got to be a little bit more careful than we were when they were just open to the public. No live uh, what tweeting. we can and cannot say, we can't live tweet, but this was all discussed. I talked to Prince after practice. Matt Nagy talked about it a little bit. Um, but Javon Wims and Prince Amukamara got into it today, and it resulted in Wims just throwing haymakers. Yeah. And I think that's the best way to say it because he was just wailing. Yeah. Left, right, left, right, left, right, punching a helmet until the helmet eventually came off. And I didn't get a great view because I don't know all these players jumped in, but I it almost looked like he landed a couple. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But Prince stayed in. Yeah. Or not stayed in. Uh, he came back. Doesn't look like there was any alarming injuries. No, I... Two. It, it almost like, looked like everybody seemed surprised it was happening. Like, is, are they joking around? What's going on? It kind of came out of nowhere. Yes, yes. Like, in between plays. Like, did you see how Nagy responded? He was in the middle of it, like a deep conversation yeah. with Ragone and Trubisky, and he had to, like, turn around and ask what happened because he yeah. was talking to his quarterback. I was amazed that Prince did not punch back. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't uh, see anything from Prince. But Prince said after practice that he learned the hard way back in Nebraska. Um, he punched Niles Paul with his helmet on, and he hurt his hand. He didn't, like, have an injury, but it really hurt. Yeah. So he was smart enough not to do that today. Um. Anyway, Nagy blamed us for jinxing it, that they hadn't had a fight. And uh, so, okay, it was your Our fault. It yeah. was your fault, Johns. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. I'll just say so this. Take like, that and think about yeah, that for a little We bit. will think about it, man. Uh, look, these things happen. Just hope it doesn't simmer or stew over, boil over, whatever you want to use there. Because these things can. They don't seem like the type of players... Um, like Nagy even joked today, like they're both friendly, two nicest players on the team. They were yeah. surprised that they were involved in a thing. Prince tends to ch- talk a lot during practice. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and very distinguished trash talker. Yeah. And without making too big of a deal out of it, because everybody has good bad, good days and bad days. Today was not Javon Wim's best practice, and so I think there was some frustration there that boiled over from earlier in practice, and it just it happens. It by the way, today was also the hottest day. I thought. Um, not temperature wise, but the humidity. The humidity was bad. The sun came out like that. Felt way hotter than Bourbon ever did. Yes, today that is true. So I, you know, it was a it was a testy, and I thought it was an actually entertaining practice too. It was, yeah. <laughs> it's practice as inter- as entertaining. Yes, yes, as yes. It was good. You don't get very entertained. Uh, I, I am. I am during practice. Well, Al Nichols made a couple nice plays. Trubisky made a couple nice throws. I think Duke Shelley actually dropped an interception from him at some point. Uh, Three Cohen made a nice catch. Adam Shaheen, nice catch in the corner of the end zone. Decent day. Good day. I would say Shaheen has turned it on a little bit since yes. he's been back out since there. Since that diving catch the, in yeah. the back of the end zone. Uh, I'm starting to see the guy that I saw in camp last year. So I don't know if he's going to get any preseason reps because he got held out of the first game. Now, I asked about, about that the other day, and he, he says he wants some, but he gets it because he messed up his foot last year, and right. he said that sucked. It was awful. It was never the same again last year. Well, that's the tricky thing. I mean, he still falls under the category of players, to me, that could benefit from some preseason action. But at the same time, he's also one of the guys that got hurt last year in the preseason. Is I think, part of the reason why Nagy's being extra cautious. You need him. Get him to the regular season. In hindsight, do you think that that played a role in... Or do you think Nagy came into camp last year with that plan? To sit everybody against the Chiefs? Because... Leonard hurt his hand against the Bengals, right, in the first game? Or as the second game? Yes. Well, it was the same game, right? 
Or the yes. Or did he get hurt the same game as I Shaheen? Keep forgetting they Shaheen five. was in Denver. Yes. Whatever. Leonard, Leonard was, was pre- one of the first previous two. games. Yes. Yeah, so I think they def- those those definitely play the role. If anything, they encouraged him to go with what he was already thinking. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? I'm just fascinated on if these guys play this Friday because I still think there's a chance that he just holds them out completely. Well, like 100. percent Okay. Well, some guys should be 100. percent Cleo Mack. Yes. You don't need to see him. Akeem Hicks. We had a little scare with his hand today. He did. You don't need to see him. Eddie Jackson, have fun on the sideline. Kyle Fuller, have fun on the sideline. Kyle Long, have fun on the sideline. Some of these guys you don't need to learn about. I mean, yeah, what is there to learn about Eddie Jackson? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I mean... You, There's nothing. It's can he, can he duplicate the season he had last year? Well, He's not going to do that in the preseason. Right, you got to wait till the season starts. So, yes. yeah, I'm with you. I, so the only question is whether or not Mitch Trubisky needs to look at a different defense for once. That's it. That's the only serious question. And I just think that Nagy's realizing, like, okay, but what defense is that going to be? Yeah. Well, look, we saw some blitzes from the Panthers. Yeah. We did. But Pagano's been setting these guys left and right at Trubisky. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's it, the bottom line is Nagy's not really providing any hints um, other than the more general hints that he these guys are not going to play yeah, a lot. No you know how what. I feel about it. Yeah. So I I think they play even less than they did last year in Denver, which was the, the equivalent of this preseason game. I think you 30 snaps in that game. That's a lot. Yeah. I think So I think it's a lot less. One series? And it honestly would not surprise me if they just... Don't even put them out there. Scrap the idea completely. I wouldn't even play. We were just talking about Shaheen, right? Mm-hmm. You don't trade Burton's not going to play. I'd keep Shaheen out too. He needs them. But he's you already have durability concerns with, with your number one tight end. He's got durability concerns as your number two tight end. Give him time. The biggest thing this team has to they just health. they have to stay healthy. And you can't I just I yeah, I'm totally on board with this. I don't think it's worth the risk. But uh we'll have to find that out later in the week, I guess. There's there's not much more to say about that, whether these guys plays or not. Um Trubisky though, part of the uh part of the conversation again here, Adam, huh? You know, he's good he's gonna be until he proves otherwise. That's just how it is. And even then he'll be part of the conversation. Man, quarterbacks. I know. Gosh. But if you play well, like it shuts people. I'm actually surprised on the opposite end, like how Mahomes Patrick Mahomes is just anointed he's the best quarterback in the league right now. Yeah. Ninety nine a matter. Like did we forget Tom Brady just won the Super Bowl again? You forget Aaron Rodgers is still a quarterback. There's no doubt in my mind that Patrick Holmes is a special talent, but I get what you're saying about the the anointing. Just one pe- season. I guess my point it's is just one season. People make their conclusions and they just stick with them. Like I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be amazing again. I also think he needs to show it again. Yes. Like it was one season. It was a great season. And I, I again don't. 
misconstrued this. I think he's going to probably duplicate it again. I don't know if he's going to throw 50 touchdowns again, but I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. I think he showed that. I, and part of that is I thought he was really good coming out. Yeah. I, I thought he was incredibly so you talented. Know how hard it is to get 50 touchdowns? Tom Brady's done it once. I know. He's been playing since 1972 or something like that. Has it only happened three times, right? Yes. In the history of the league? Yes. Which I believe. And he did it in his first full season as a starter. That, I mean, I don't know if this is a new trend. We have to wait and see yeah. to to have more information to decide whether or not this is the new standard of quarterback play. But one season, it's all it was. Exceptional season. And my, my point was, like, you know, on the opposite end of this, everybody's just treating Mahomes like he's never going to have any struggles. Whereas, and, and rightly so, I mean, Trubisky still has a lot to prove. Nobody's denying that. Um, but there are, I don't know. It, it gets frustrating because right now, the accurate take in camp is there. I, I don't think that there's been any evidence one way or the other. To well, con- like last year. To conclude that Trubisky has gotten better or worse, if that makes sense. Um, I will continue to pound the table and say he looks more comfortable running the offense, and I think that's a good sign. I don't believe when Nagy and Dave Ragone get up there in front of microphones and they say that he's doing better pre-snap, that he's m- making the right checks. I don't believe that's just coach speak. I believe what they're saying. Let me put it that way. Um, so I think those are all good signs. But I'm not willing to put all my stock in that when I'm still seeing the interception here and there. I'm seeing four throws here and there. Even taking in the context that I also believe with the coaches when they say we are throwing a ton at them. Yep. And we want them to try things because that's the same stuff Andy Reid did. Yes. So, so oh, yeah. I, I, that's actually what they're doing here. And then when Matt Nagy comes back and says, we're pulling back now and we're going to start to focus on the things that Trubisky likes, that we like as an offense, our bread and butter plays, which is how Trubisky put it today. Yesterday, that got misconstrued on social media as an indictment on Trubisky, an indictment on where this offense is. And that was a completely inaccurate take on the situation. It's the same thing Nagy did last year. It's his approach to training camp. They left Bourbonnet. They had an off day. We learned today that they had a meeting this morning. Mitch and Nagy had a meeting in his office. Okay, They are now beginning stage one of preparing for the Packers, which is not game planning for the Packers, but it's narrowing down the focus of the offense to the stuff that of everything they tried in training camp, and a lot worked and a lot didn't, let's take the stuff that worked, let's take the stuff we like, let's start to narrow down this 7,000-page playbook or whatever it is into something that makes a lot more sense that everyone can handle once the regular season starts. So obviously I missed the first five or six days of training camp because of the, the issue with my, my son. So as I'm reading all the coverage and I, and I'm seeing all the tweets about Trubisky struggling this, that, or the other, you know, you start to wonder why, right? What's going on? And I think a lot of people had these expectations. Maybe the bears are partly to blame for this. When Matt Nagy goes, Oh, he's on level two Oh two. Everybody went and ran with that. But so much of that was pre-snap. It was understanding the offense. But I think you hear two Oh two. Oh, he's better now. Yeah. So this is going to look better. No, with level 202 came more challenges. 
for Trubisky. They went back. So I started asking around. Talked to Chase Daniel. Talked to Dave for going a couple times. They went back to old plays that Trubisky couldn't do well enough last year. Brought him back into the offense. And they had new players added to that offense. New plays added to this offense. Yeah. Against a different defense. People keep forgetting that Cleo Mack and Roquan Smith were not there last year in camp. They're pretty damn good. They're pretty damn good. So I wrote a story about maybe the inside look at 202 on The Athletic. Check it out if you haven't yet. But you're exactly right. Andy Reid has done this for years. All you have to do is quick, a quick Google search. Happened to Patrick Mahomes last year. Some awful practice. Happened to Alex Smith two years ago. A couple awful practices. Part of the process that Matt Nagy believed in and Andy Reid too. And I get it. I mean, people want the season to start. I want their... Uh, I, I would like to see him pass, start passing the eye test too. Okay? What I will say is I saw some of that last year during the regular season. I saw that in the fourth quarter against the Eagles. And I'd rather put more stock in that and what he ends up doing against the Packers and the Broncos and the Redskins. Who's after that? The Vikings? Right? That's the first four weeks of the season. Then... These training camp practices, when they're mixing and matching, they're trying new things, and oh, by the way, he's facing the best defense in football, which is part of the conversation, whether you like it or not. It is part of the conversation. And are there some throws that he's had in the double coverage that get picked off? Yes. And there's been some moments where I'm like, that wasn't a good throw. And then there's been other times where I'm like, yeah. Well, how many times has defense seen this? Prince Mukamara just jumped that because he knew it was coming. Yeah. Or it's a one-on-one drill. Oh, my God. These people making big deal out of his interceptions and one-on-ones. Yes. We were, we were talking There's about no second option. Yes. It's a one-on-one. Yes. He's going to throw the ball. We were talking about this at Shake Shack today when Trubisky said that uh, basically the defensive backs are starting to get very familiar with, with mm-hmm. their routes. I, I had a flashback to when I played in high school. We did it all the time on defense. You knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. We had this route combination, post-flag out, all the time that we ran in high school. Mm-hmm. As a cornerback, depending on what coverage I was in, two or three, sometimes one comes, sometimes zero, I would sit on that flag route all day because I knew it was coming. Maybe I didn't need to know it was coming, or, or maybe, I had, maybe I was wrong sometimes, but you see it enough. You don't mean to cheat, but you just naturally do it because you've seen it so many times. So you're one of these cheaters that yes, talking about. Yes, yes. I was like cheating out there. I tell you what, my teammates did not like when I used to drive hard on that out route. You know, it's just... Cheater. Cheater. It's I just, guess I am a communist. And a communist. It's just part of it. I think you see that sometimes. And you know what? That defense is still pretty damn good. They can win plays too. One thing I know for sure is Nagy's not disappointed in the offense right now. Yes. Which was put out there yesterday. Uh, here, let's hear what Matt Nagy had to say today on the uh, the progress of uh, one Mitchell Trubisky, and I'll, I'll toss it to our, our good friend Jeff Dickerson with the question here. Matt, overall, a few weeks now with Mitch in camp. I know you had a lot of goals for him going into training camp, what you wanted to see him accomplish. Mm-hmm. Has he met those goals, and have you seen the growth 
in the areas that you want to see. He has, yeah. We're, we're still going through all that, and I love we, – we, we had a really good talk this morning in regards to um, – you can kind of pull back now that, like I said, we're in our own territory, our own offices. I got him in, and and, uh, and we, we just talked. We, we, you know, I get to hear kind of how did he think things went, how do I think things went, um, where, where are we going with this thing collectively, and because that's what it's all about. And right now we're both really happy. We're excited, um, and, I, and I think uh, – you know, I, I'm, I'm, cautious, I'm cautiously optimistic about just our offense in general and our team. So you both are on the same page. As oh yeah, we're we're out. in a. Let me tell you something. Me and we're in a phenomenal spot right now. I love where we're at, and uh, uh, I've said not, not one thing has changed with it. really our our offense in general. I feel really good. We're we uh, it's 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 fun testing it out what we're doing right now. There you have it. Quotes in full. Yeah, <laughs> quotes and. Quotes in full. That's uh, that's a concept. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, um, now, now I will say this. Let me throw a little bit more context. There's certain things that Nagy is not happy with. We've seen it at practice. I I don't think it's the quarterback all the time. We've seen him have a lot of conversations with Trubisky, and he, and he should. That's his quarterback. He's gotten on the skill position player a lot. The wide receiver, the tight ends too. Mm-hmm. Last day in camp, they're not in the right spots. And, and how many times have we seen? Trubisky correct them, and then Nagy pull them back. Yeah, that's new plays, new players too. I saw today. I, I obviously we can't give X's and O's specifics, but some of the things they were running out there today, I don't think I saw in camp. By the way, oh yeah, I'm sure about that. Yes, now practice is closed. Yes, new plays, new personnel packages. There were definitely personnel packages that I took note of today that I did not see. At all in, in camp in Burbank, yes, yeah. Um, and what you're talking about with the coaches getting on some of these players, I asked Trubisky about that today. I uh, want to play that for you, but this is actually going to start more on uh, so you're gonna hear a couple answers here. But um, this has more to do with all right, so this idea that they're pulling back, they threw a lot out there, they tested a lot of things in Burbank, which like it or not, you're just gonna have to accept that's that's what Matt Nagy does, that's his. That's how he approaches this thing, all right? So just accept it. It's how they did it last year. It's how they're doing it again this year. Now, and I think that's probably part of what they discussed this morning in Matt Nagy's office, they pulling it back, starting to focus things down, and Mitch has talked a couple times about their bread and butter plays, the core plays. Matt Nagy's talked about that, the core plays that, of this offense. And what I wanted to ask Mitch today was, all right, that core, that the you know the core plays of this offense, the stuff you you really like that you go back to. Are there more of those plays this year than there were last year in year one? Uh, definitely, I would just say because we we've got a lot more reps in. When it's when it's the second year in the offense, you kind of know what you really like um, and what has worked from year one going into year two. So you, the more you rep and play, obviously, the more comfortable you get with it. And um, we just have a, a huge library, but we definitely have our go to plays. And I think there's more of those just because we're, we're able to get more reps over year one to year two. So we just carry those over and uh, continue to get better at the plays. And uh, we got a bunch of new plays that we like as well. So it's just find that balance. And, and it, is, it, it, it helps our offense when I'm playing fast and the receivers are playing fast and the O-line is just getting up and going. And we're just IDing the defense and playing and everybody's on the same page. Nagy's talked about how in the last couple practices he's had to get after you guys a little bit in some certain periods where it got sloppy. As the quarterback of the team, when that is going on, how do you respond to that? 
Yeah, definitely. It's always a challenge, and we love when coach challenges us because um, we have a certain standard that we're holding ourselves to as an offense and, and as a team, and when it's not the standard, you definitely got to speak up and say something, whether it's coach saying something, whether it's me saying something. Uh, there's a standard that we expect, and the effort's been there, and for the starters and a lot of guys who aren't getting a lot of reps in the preseason, we're getting more reps in practice, so we expect those reps to be full speed uh, going at it, make sure, making sure we're getting the best out of each play, and uh, when, the, when the standard's not there, we, we got to hold each other accountable and that's coach getting on us and, and we need that but uh, I think we've done a lot better job from the start of training camp to now to if we have a bad period or a bad play uh, we're bouncing back the next snap and, and getting back at the defense the the next drill and uh, you, you saw in the beginning we were a little sloppy but I think we bounced back towards the end and had a lot better practice and it's just one of those things where you got to get on the guys bring everyone together and make sure we're, we're getting the most out of each each play. So I think these things are actually related this idea that they're pulling back. Matt Nagy's talked about it. They're, they're pulling back. They're focusing on the stuff that works, the th- stuff that everyone knows. I would. I want to add one thing before you keep going. Yeah. When they say pulling back, it's because they have they install a huge amount of stuff. Yes. Heading into camp. Okay. So go ahead. Right. And you can't just go huge into week a, one with yeah, seven thousand yes. plays. Yes. I'm exaggerating, but as Nagy said, his playbook's like seven thousand. Am I making that up? Maybe I made that up. It's a, it's a lot. It's a big playbook. All right. And they're not going to run with all of that. Uh, anyway, so he's talked about how you, you make it faster now. Uh, the, the, everybody plays faster when they know what they're doing. That's not some like, you know, crazy scientific uh, ideal right there. It's just what happens. When everyone knows what they're doing, everyone's going to play faster. I think some of the frustration that's boiled over from the coaching staff the last couple of days, and Nagy in particular, since they went to a close practice Sunday, then another one today now at House Hall, I think they have started to pull it back a little bit. And everyone should know what they're doing. And so when it gets sloppy, he gets pissed. He should. Which is what a coach does. Yes. Yes. So, you know, Mitch talked about it there. It's the standard that you hold yourself to. That's all chasing great thing, right? If it gets sloppy... I mean, Nagy is uh, Nagy's gotten after these guys, and I, it looked to me like today when um, again I keep forgetting these practices are closed, and so whatever. Anyway, there was one, there was one point where give them a little, give the people Nagy something here, Adam. Nagy was uh, a, a, a especially mad at one point, and he basically set the whole offense off the field. I don't know if it was actually the end of their period or if he cut it short because he was just fed up with them, but he set the ones off. It may have just been the end of their, you know, the allotted plays. But Mitch took him over on the side. I saw this and talked to them. And then when he came back out the next time the ones were back on the field, he went over to Nagy and, like, kind of put his arm around him and they had some kind of conversation. I saw this. And that's part of the reason why I asked that question to Mitch. Like, how do you handle it as the quarterback? Because it looked like he took some extra leadership there in that moment to regroup the guys, you know, to pull them together, hey, you know, this isn't acceptable, and I'm not going to pretend to put words in his mouth or anything because I wasn't in the middle of that huddle, but I just saw all this unfolding, and he's right. The rest of the practice went a lot better. When I first got to camp, I took note almost immediately how many times Anthony Miller was being corrected, getting back in certain spots. Uh, now there's some other young receivers being told to get in certain spots. You mentioned Javon Wims yeah. had a bad day. He had to be told to get in certain spots. You're seeing that still. Now, that's just young guys being young guys. Maybe they got to increase their study habits. But that's part of the frustration here. 
it doesn't help your quarterback. So again, like when, when you start talking about interceptions, whose fault this is, you don't know if they ran the right route. Right. Plus, you got your quarterback who has this push the envelope mindset that you've been harping on all year, so he's going to take some risks. But we're talking about practice here, Adam. Practice, just. Uh, you love the interception questions. Like I was counting you for that. I'm here for you, Mitch. <laughs> uh, we're here to provide context. That's what I hope we can do. Context is important. It's, I I am perfectly okay with people criticizing Mitch and having doubts about Mitch and. I think I sort of get labeled as like a defender to the end of Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, me side, too. Because I liked him coming out of college. You know, we all want to be right. So I'm sure there's a little bit of that. But I'm also, if you listen to me closely and read what I write, acknowledging that there's room for improvement. And I'm not, I still think that improvement's going to come, but I don't know. I don't know if it's good. It, and I'm, so I'm, I'm willing to listen to the other side of this thing. What I'm not willing to deal with is when things get completely blown out of context and when things cross the line is unfair, which is why we got a Michael Lombardi last year with the whole keyhole thing. That's my athletic colleague now. You better watch what you say now here, Adam. Yeah, you... Wow. You flipped on some guys real fast since you've switched jobs. No, I have not. <laughs> no, <laughs> also defending all... I like Lombardi. Some of his GM stuff is fantastic. I just think everything requires perspective, context... Nobody said Mitch Trubisky was going to be this day one Andrew, Andrew Luck superstar. They wanted to sit him for a year, but Mike Glennon sucked a lot. So John Fox tries to play him. No. Thank you. I was waiting for that. Tries to save his job, yada, yada, yada. And here we are. Just don't flop it out there and expect to perform like that. I think some people just don't want to listen. Do you remember when Matt Nagy was like hired and said this is going to be a two, three, four-year process with the quarterback? Yes. That long? Oh, my God. I'll tell you what, it was fascinating to talk to to, to Chase Daniel about this, uh, just how they, they coach him up in Kansas City. You know, the guy's also been with the Saints, and now he's back with Nagy, this whole Kansas City process, and just how they overload the quarterbacks, and they challenge him in camp, and there's going to be a lot of mistakes, and they find out what works. It's just, it is what it is. Some people don't want to hear it. They don't want to listen. And and the Mahomes thing doesn't help. <laughs> Which is fair. But have you ever watched, like, just in terms of, if you want to compare first seasons for Mahomes to the Trubisky's first season, just in terms of what they had personnel-wise. Well, in, in general, first of all, what happened last year with Mahomes doesn't happen. Yes. All right? So... Uh, and, and like watch some of his highlights. Oh, he threw a sixty-five yard touchdown pass to Tyreek uh, Hill. Then you go and watch the play. It's just a deep cross route, maybe thrown in his back shoulder a little bit. Then Tyreek Hill just outruns everybody else into the end zone. Well, I don't want to minimize what Mahomes did. He was outstanding. It was so fun to watch every single week. But they but, maximized their roster. Yes, they had a, a a better roster, but also, I guess my point is like, the, what happened with Mahomes is so. Um, it just doesn't happen, and and it was the outlier. To, to, I'm I'm trying to make the point you were making that like this takes time, and what happened last year it's just it's it's the exception. It's not the rule, and also it, you can't just go to well if the Bears had only drafted Mahomes instead of Trubisky, then it would have been Mahomes doing that last year. No, if Mahomes had been with John Fox. 
behind Mike Glennon in year one, he would not have thrown for 50 touchdowns last year. I can guarantee it. It would not have happened. You're probably right. Now, maybe he would have done this year. I don't know. Under Matt Nagy. But he had Matt Nagy in year one. Yeah. Mitch didn't. He didn't play in year one. Mitch had to. I, I, it was a completely different situation. So, look, if I had to call it right now, I I don't necessarily... I would say it's unlikely that Mitch gets to Mahomes' level. The guy's been incredible. Yeah. So you give him all but the credit know, in the world. Yeah, you don't know. But here's the thing. No but he doesn't need to be at that level no to win a Super Bowl. No one saw this from, from Mahomes. Okay, Lewis Riddick is like the one guy who was high in Mahomes. But this was no runaway. He's also high in... Mitch Trubisky, by the way. This year, yes. Yes, Maserati Mitch is what he calls him. And Anthony Miller. Yes. Nobody saw that from Mahomes coming. Yes, he was a first-round pick. Yes, the Chiefs traded up to to get him at number 10. But there was a lot of teams that passed on him. A lot of teams that had an interest in trading up that did it for him. He's not. He wasn't some runaway Peyton Manning-like prospect, some Andrew Luck-like prospect. He wasn't that. There are a lot of question marks about who he was going to be in the NFL. That's why he lasted the 10. Yeah. All right. Why does it feel like we go back to the same conversations? Because people are still having those same well, conversations. I know. We're reacting to what's being taught. I, I, I wish there was no Twitter sometimes. It would be like refreshing. I, know, I, just, I, but I, just, did an, I just did a national radio hit. It's the same thing. And I'm not criticizing the questioning. It's the conversation with the Bears. Yeah. How does Trubisky make the next step? Well, you just got to see it. I, that's where I'm at. Look. No, I know. And that's frustrating right now in the middle of August. I get it. Fans are getting frustrated. Did he have an uneven camp? Yes. Did he have some ugly moments? Yes. Did he have some great throws? Yes. Is he being told to force the, the issue on, on some throws? Yes. That summarizes it pretty well. Yes. This is where we're at, and he's just got to prove it. You can be cautiously optimistic. I think that's where I stand. I think we've always used those terms, cautiously optimistic. I think that's fair. Yes. I do not think that... Um, what else? Go ahead. I'm listening. Yeah. Um, I don't think that that applies to the kickers right now, though. Oh. Are you cautiously optimistic We're about the We're going to end the podcast on that. You know what? At one point today, I was. Until they started missing? Yes. So we see them do their individuals or whatever you want to call that, their session. You know, even Matt Nagy looked happy for once for the first time about it. Did you see that? And then their next session, they miss. Every single one. It's not good. Yes. I don't know if Kari Vedwick was the answer, though. I don't know either. I'm not trading a fourth or fifth round pick for a 25-year-old kicker who was not going to make their team. Actually, who was let, never kicked in the NFL. Let me, let me address that real quick. First of all, the Bears don't have a fourth round pick, so they couldn't have beaten the offer from the Vikings. Um, they can't. Deal the they have they potentially have two conditional fifths on top of the fifth they own, but one of them's Jordan Howard, probably going to be a six, not a fifth. We don't know, but you they don't you know, know what that is. So you yeah, can't yeah. trade that. They're probably reading the reports out of Philly anyway. The rookie's doing the better. The rookie for Penn State, Miles uh, Sanders, Sanders yeah. and then there's the conditional pick from the Cleo Mack trade, which who know? I don't I think that's a seventh, by the way. So it's already been moved back. Yes, yeah, because how could it not? Yeah, I, what were the conditions on that? I'm not sure, but I... Khalil Mack's leg falls off, you get a fifth-round pick because he was going to be good. <laughs> yes. All right? I believe that's a seventh. Yeah. Right? Yes. All right, so the point being, they had their fifth versus the Vikings' fifth. 
And I'm not even saying the Bears were offered a fifth. Yeah. Personally, I don't think at this point, although today was not a good day for me in my mindset with this kicking thing. I'm like, oh, God. Yes. Um, but where I was the other day, and even today, I'm not giving up a fifth round. They don't have a lot of picks. They can't be giving up fifth round picks for kickers. For a kicker who's ever kicked in the NFL. Right. There's no guarantee that Kari Vedvik's going to be any better than Eddie Pinheiro. I get that the Ravens have like some special teams wizardry going on. Like I know they're re- known for it. I-, I understand that. But you don't know. This guy was a camp leg. They kept him around after he got beat up. You know, after like a 4 a.m. bar crawl, whatever. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. It's a bad paraphrasing of the story of what happened. But Google it. research. Google it. Yes. Just saying. Check back with me, though, in a couple weeks. If this is... If I feel this... Look, right now, I am not, I, I am not very optimistic on the kickers. Okay? If I feel that same way after that game against the Titans in two weeks... Then we can start having a conversation about giving up fifth round, sixth round picks for trades, you know, and trades for a kicker, depending on who that guy is. You know, if this Joey Sly guy that was at Soldier Field the other night continues to kick very, very well throughout the preseason. Yeah. All right. Well, there's a guy that just kicked really well at Soldier Field, had a good preseason, then maybe I'm willing to give up a sixth rounder for him. Bring him in. Because the problem is. A few of these guys are going to get waived, and the Bears aren't going to be higher on uh, highest on the waiver wire. And teams like the Jets and even the Packers at this point are teams to watch out on that waiver wire. So it's going to be tricky to to find some of these guys. But there's some interesting uh, competitions. I don't know uh, Matt Gay. Who was the one guy that... The rookie I, from LSU, correct? No, Matt Gay is the uh, kicker out of Utah. Utah. Which rookie, was, rookie, though. Which was the one guy, when you were saying the Bears should draft a kicker, I said, if they do, it should be this guy. Right? He is in a competition with Cairo Santos. And uh, Carlos Santos. In Tampa. Yes. I would imagine you'd go with the rookie. Because you drafted him? But... If for some reason they keep Cairo Santos and uh, Carlos Santos, then Matt Gay is a guy I think you could go after. Is Santos now healthy, though? That was the issue the first time he had his his run with the Bears. Well, that was like three years ago. I know. I know. Yeah. Was it really? Uh, Two, three, two, three. (laughs) I think it was two years ago. Um, I don't know. Well, the Bears aren't alone in this this kicking boat, or this kicking problem boat, this sinking ship of a kicker conundrum. Whatever you, it's done with the boat references. Holy Moses! Yeah, it's bad. Tom Brennerman got upset the other day too when Chris Bryant hit that home run. What did he say? He uh, it sounded like he snapped his pencil, and he. I forget what the exact call was, but he was very upset that Chris Bryant hit the home run. Well, he's the Reds announcer. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Um, Anyway, that's your kicker update. I don't know what to tell you. Nothing's really changing. Even reading some of the reports from the initial reports coming out of Minnesota, they seem... uh, doesn't sound like Mike Zimmer knows what he has yet. 
willing to, to risk it a little bit. Fifth round pick. It is what it is. But I don't think they know what they have in Kari Vedovic quite yet. Vedic. Just remember, the Bears have two second rounders next year. They do not have a first. They do not have a third. They do not have a fourth. So now you want to trade their fifth? So you're okay in the... Wait, they got a third, right? No. No, it's the Mac. Khalil Mac trade. Yes, yes. So you're okay with a situation where in the first five rounds of the draft next year, the Bears have two picks and they're in the second round. You know, part of this equation, I just want to remind you, the Bears are not going to be able to pay everybody. They're just not. So you have to continue to draft well. And it's harder to draft well when you don't have draft picks. That's how it works, huh? Yes. Makes sense. I believe that's how. <laughs> I think I, I think so. You can't. Uh, yes. Yes. So, all right. Whew. Good show. We done? Yes. I can't tell you how excited I am uh, to be back on the grass. Legal in the new year, Chuck. Just wait. <laughs> that's right. Good. Get back on the well. They were back on the house hall grass today. Looked good. Felt good. It is good. Oh man, we just both need a cheeseburger. We already had cheeseburgers. Shake Shack, new sponsor, according to John's. Oh, not according. To I would love for them to be a sponsor. Oh my God, Portillo's offer still stands. Portillo's also on the way from House Hall yes. to the studio. We still love you. We have you. a lot of options. Yes, we love you. Our workout plan is not going to work. Might have to enroll a Bears Fit. Bears Fit. Which is also, also on, our on way. the way. Also on the way. Basically, you pass everything. Yes. You, I mean, really, you drive through Vernon Hills, you do go through every possible business you can think of. Yes. It's the great thing about this place. Um, all right. Fun. I hope there's more optimism with the kickers the next time we talk. I do not believe we'll have an episode in New York. Um, so maybe a little bit before we are, maybe a week from now. Yes, we'll recap the game. It's possible. Um, but yeah, we'll get, we'll, it might not be Friday night, but we'll recap the game, as we always do. We still don't know if players are going to play. Someone's got to play. Someone's got to play. Maybe I'm going to play. I don't know. Follow us on Twitter. Read us. WGMRadio.com slash Bears. The Athletic. The Athletic. Rate and review, all that stuff. Thanks for listening. You too, Dion. We don't have turds on this team.